Oh, hi. It's Hannah. And this is the Salt Branch Podcast. I think maybe on the upcoming episodes, I'm just going to try out different riffs. And then I'm going to see what kind of sound I'm going for. And then I'm going to make a friend who can make that for me. And if you know a friend, still looking. Oh, careful there. Scout just backed her little booty up into the microphone. (laughs) So this is the final episode of the Kindling series called Friend of God. And we did it. Every Tuesday for a month. Wowie, zowie. Way to go, Harkins. Way to go. For those who are brand new to the podcast, I'm glad you're here. This is... Uh, like the last, obviously I just said it, the last episode of a series. So if you missed the other ones, you'll want to go back to, I think it's, uh, 12, 13 is about grief, not related. So 12, 14, 15, and 16. Those are all the, uh, specific episodes related to the Friend of God series where I break down different elements of Mm, friendship that I think can help us draw closer to the Lord. So if you miss those and you're interested in those, go back and listen to those. Also, uh, don't forget to rate and review the show. That helps us with us, me. It helps me with, like, when you search for for the name Salt and Branch, like, it'll pop up sooner, I think. Um, I think it's just helpful for more people to find out about it. So um, if you hated the show, maybe just, like, send me an email. I mean, I think if you wanted to put a one star, that would be fine too. But if you really don't like it that much, then maybe go find another podcast. LOL. (laughs) So, to jump right into it, when I sat down, I feel like I started the last one like this too, but when I sat down to think about how do I want to wrap this up, I was like, do I want to end it with another concept? Do I want to end it with a, let me just tell you how my month went and how I saw this show up. And I think that's a good idea, too. And I think the concept is a good idea. And I did that thing that I mentioned in the previous episode of just being still for a second. And I said out loud, uh, no, I don't think it was actually out loud, but it felt out loud. (laughs) I was like, Lord, like, what would you have me talk about? And I felt my, gosh, this sounds so dumb, but it's so true. I, I felt my heart smile. And I thought about what it means for me to be in a season where I feel feel comfortable and confident calling God a friend. And, man, it's like the ace of spades in my back pocket. And I think I've heard some, like, pastors and preachers say, like, Jesus is the ace of spades in your back pocket in every situation. That's true. So I don't mean to taunt that. But for me right now... Knowing that the Lord is also my friend has been really, really powerful. So I wrote out some show notes, and by show notes, I wrote like two pages. (laughs) So they're not really show notes. They're just me ranting. Um, And a lot of what I thought about going into this episode was, hmm, how do I say this? How wrong I was and have been about the Lord up until recently. And I wonder if more of us considered 
this relational element of the Lord, what all of our relationships would then look like as a consequence or result of that effort. And it encouraged me to think about it that way. Um, When I think of people that I love who see God as like far away or don't pay attention to him at all or just see him as this like person who gives people rules to follow, it's starting, it's starting to break my heart. And not for the sake of like, oh, they're wrong and I'm right. It's more of, I wish they could feel what I feel because I think their perception would be different if they did. And that's coming from a place of, I'm sure somebody felt that about me however many years ago, or months. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest, and if you're sick of hearing about it, then maybe find another podcast too. It was not until my mom passed did I start um, wanting God to be as relational as people say he is. I don't think I ever really got that before. I think I knew that he like cared about me and he loved me and he sent the Lord, he sent Jesus down to die for my sins and like, like he must love you or he wouldn't do that. Like, sure, that's all true. Um, But I don't think it's until you have a moment face to face with a reality, a tangible reality that shatters the vision that you have for your life. Um, I'm thinking of, like, me and however many years being married and, like, starting a family and, like, my mom not being a part of that. And that's shattered, and that will never be my reality. And I have a lot of lovely women who are of mom age who I know will step in and will be kind and will be gracious and I will be so appreciative of them, but it just won't be my mom. And it wasn't until I was faced with that reality that not only did I lose my mom and begin to mourn the loss of her and begin to mourn the loss of the life I thought I would have with her but then I was, I'm also mourning the loss of my, like, my very best friend. Very, very, very best friend. And I have a couple of friends who I talk to almost every single day in some way. <laughs> and, like, mom was even higher than them. Um, I remember, like, I spent many years... You know, people would be like, oh, my gosh, my best friend, Hannah. And I would ha- I would have this moment with them where I'm like, I want you to know that I, like, really, really care for you, but I will never call you a best friend because, like, my mom is my best friend. And, like, she gets that title. So you're really awesome to me, but I will never call you best friend because that's for her. And that's how I do my life. And I think eventually I will... Like, be calling friends, like, oh, like, one of my best friends, or blah, blah, blah. I think I'll be more comfortable with saying that because, like, I need, like, let's acknowledge reality. Like, 
mom is not here, and that's really sad, but I have some really other wonderful people here. And, you know, they don't need the title. They don't need that. But that's just part of, like, I don't know, moving forward with reality, even though it's really, really sad. So as I was reflecting on the last, what is it now, two, seven months, and I, like, I specifically thought about, okay, what does it mean to have had God and his spirit during these seven months. I cringe at the thought of the people that I love who don't know the Lord. I cringe. And I feel burdened for those who don't know him and have yet to endure a very heavy loss of someone really important to them. Holy smokes. And not that I did it well. Oh, man. No, no, no. Um, I can't imagine going through something hard like this and not having the Lord. And now, you know, I hear like three months after is really hard when you lose somebody. Six months later is really hard after you lose somebody. Um, so we're like kind of coming out of this dip. I think I'm starting to see more clearly the role that he played during this really hard time. And I think that's what made me smile when I sat down to think about these show notes because I thought about what it meant to have him as a friend for the past seven months. And I'm really surprised I'm not that emotional. Um, you know, but the episode is young, so we'll play it by ear. And the more that I thought about this, the more that I thought about, you know, ch changing a little bit of the title here to focus more of like, what does it mean that, that I get to call God a friend? And that's probably where, yep, my eyeballs are burning. Yep, I'm blinking. <laughs> and how, how easily do I forget that? That because... Jesus died for me, for us. It immediately caused us to have an access to talk to God. We're like, that was not a, like, flip to the Old Testament. That was not a thing in the Old Testament. That was like for the sacred and few. And even then there was all these like offerings and sacrifices and sanctifications and, and I mean, and now I get to just say like, Lord, I need your help. Would your spirit help me discern this? Could you give me eyes? Like, and now I'm here, and I'm talking to him. And that still kind of sounds like, I, I get the weirdness in that. If, if this is all foreign to you, I get, I get the weird, weirdness in that. Because, like, I don't have somebody sitting in my closet with me as I record this. Um, but I have had a lot of moments where when I stop and I pause and I think about God and then I talk to him the way I would talk to a friend very candidly, very honestly, very vulnerably and frequently, there's something that changes in my heart. And it doesn't change the fact that my mom has passed away, but it does change a little bit of how I view my circumstances in that moment. 
And the moments when I invite him into that space where I'm sad, where I'm pissed, um, where I'm scared, where I'm bitter, um, where I'm doubtful, and I invite him in. There's like water running through. Oh my gosh. Um, apartment life, ayo. What's happening? Okay, it's subsiding. We're good. There's something that changes in my perception of circumstances. Okay, honestly, I don't know if it's that loud. I hope it's not. I'm just going to keep recording, and if it sounds terrible, then we're not going to post. I thought it was subsiding. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe you hear nothing, and you're like, this girl. Um, what I think about... Nope, that's not how I want to start that sentence. When I invite him into those moments when I am real on edge. And it's not instantaneous, I'll tell you that. It takes me a couple minutes of like, rah, 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 rah. I fuss about that. I'm irritated about that. I'm scared about that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I talk to a friend. And then I finally go to him. Um, nothing physically changes. But there's something that happens in my heart that somehow encourages me that there is going to be purpose in that feeling and this circumstance. And how could I view this circumstance bigger in my story than just the immediate impact that it has right now? And I think we can get ourselves into trouble when we try to understand too much because then that's our attempts of being his peer. So it's like, oh, if I'm going to try to understand what God's doing, then that's saying I'm capable of understanding what God's doing. And if I'm capable, then I'm equal. Uh, let's see. I'm an English teacher. I teach high school. Shout out <laughs> to no one. Uh, and there are many moments where my kids ask kind of abruptly, why are we doing this? What's the point of this? And I've got about 19 reasons why we practice what we do. And if I have zero, then we don't do it. But usually I have about 19 and I'm like, it'll help with this. It'll help with that. It'll help with this. It'll help with that. It'll help with this. And a lot of the times the things that I list for them, because I have the conversation. I talk to them about why we're doing these things. They don't get yet because they're not out of high school. They don't get college yet. They don't understand job pressure yet. They don't understand managing a bunch of bills yet. They don't understand navigating student loan debt yet. They don't, they don't get that yet. So they then have to look at me, Hannah, Miss Harkins, and say, well, she's been kind to me here, I, but I don't, I don't get why. But she does know more than me. I'm not better than them. I'm just older, and I have more experiences. So maybe if we think of God, how he's existed forever, which I don't know how that works. Don't message me about that. I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> that I think of my students, like they take a, they take a moment to say, am I going to trust Miss Harkins and get this assignment done and trust that she knows what she's talking about based on what I have seen? Or am I just going to say, no, I don't trust that and I'm not going to do it and I'm not even going to see what, and I'm not even going to see how she's going to use this to teach me. And that was not in the show notes. So if I look at a circumstance in my life that's difficult, we'll go big. My mom passing away. And I choose 
to ignore all the other moments and stories and lessons and blessings that I've had from the Lord around that. I choose to push those away because that one hurts or I don't understand it. I am then missing out on an opportunity to continue to strengthen that trust that I have between me and God. When my students choose to not do an assignment and not trust me that I'm like, this is going to help you in the future. And they're like, yeah, but I know that like you've shown us in other ways and blah, blah, blah. And you fed me yesterday and you loved me when I was cranky yesterday and this is and the other. But I'm not going to trust this because I don't get it. They're missing out on practicing. I don't know rhetorical writing, which will ultimately help them write a cover letter, which may get them their dream job one day. But because you're not there yet, you don't get it yet. So I'll tell myself, Hannah, you're not in circumstances where you'll see your grief show up in a mighty way, in a magnificent way, in this really beautiful, um, gosh, I just picture like a flower blooming. Where it's like my grief, I'm just digging and digging and digging. And eventually I'm going to take some kind of seed of something that I've learned. And then however long later, it's going to sprout. It's going to harvest. And I'm going to be walking towards it with a friend and be like, look at that. Look at what God taught me through my grief. And yeah, I could show you the calluses on my hands and the dirt under my fingernails from when I had to dig that hole to get myself through that season. But look at what sprung forth from that. And I think we disconnect him too much. We don't get to know him. We don't give him a chance to show us. We say, no, this hurts. I'm gone. If you loved me, you wouldn't let this happen. I don't think you've let your flower harvest. And I've done that myself. And I don't want to miss out on the beautiful flower bed that's coming. (laughs) Because a pain like this I'm going to have some beautiful landscape. I tell you what, we're going to have some succulents. We're going to have some little flowers, maybe like a little squirrel feeder. (laughs) And now I'm doing too much. Do you get what I'm saying, though? I think you might. I think you might. And all of this in my brain, I want to reinforce the point that we get to be close. We get to be friends with a God who works like that. And a God who has heaven in mind for us. So this whole series has been this examination of how can I be a friend of God and how can I do all of these things, but maybe what I should have done was talk about all the really beautiful blessings that we can have because we get to call God a friend. Whew. Woof. And now I second guess everything I say. (laughs) But what a beautiful blessing and what a beautiful point to get to through all this. Because had I not spent this last month talking to you about how I could be a better friend to God, how you could be a better friend to God. What now can we take into the next chapter, the next month, and think, how lucky, how blessed, how unworthy am I 
to get to call God my best friend? Who am I to get to call God a best friend? I'd say I'm a nobody. Compared to the weight of the insanity (laughs) that comes with getting to call him my friend. Um, I was not planning to tell this story, but it seems right. And she's going to laugh when she hears it. (laughs) Um, back in the eighth grade, I moved to Tampa from Omaha, Nebraska. If you haven't heard this story and, um, I think I, for a long time, maybe until college, maybe later in college, I always just felt like just under regular. That makes sense. So like I always thought I was cool, but I wasn't as cool as other people. I always thought I was athletic, but not as athletic as I could have been. Or I don't know. I think I was always confident in who I was as like a standalone, but put me in a crowd. And I don't know that I was ever fully confident in my abilities and how they shaped up against other people's. And that's like a lot of self-reflection that I'm literally doing right now in this moment. (laughs) Um, But I met this friend in the eighth grade. Uh, Her name is Morgan. She is still alive, so it's not was. (laughs) Her name is Morgan. And... She is, question mark, (laughs) was. She, at the time, she was, like, a cool person in the school, in the eighth grade, and then, like, carrying into high school. Like, she was cool. And um, she wasn't cool for dumb reasons. She was just cool. Um, Like, everybody seemed to like her. Everybody seemed to know her. She knew everybody. And I sort of became the friend who I felt like was, like, friends with her, therefore I felt cool. She's going to laugh so hard when she hears this. Um, and so just a moment ago when I was reflecting, like, how lucky am I to get to call God my friend, I rewind back to when I moved to Tampa from Omaha, and I felt so insecure. And I, and I got to call Morgan my friend. And I get to still call Morgan my friend, and we won't go too far into that because that friendship's been a blessing. But if you want to hear more, you can go to the first episode of the podcast. Ding! But I think we can all identify somebody in our life where we say, I get to be so-and-so's friend. Who am I that I get to have a friend like that? And I've got a couple of those. And I'm like, I'm trash compared to some of these friends. So how much more could we feel thankful to be God's friend? And not from a place of like, you should have felt like this all along because, uh, hello, it took me talking about something else for four weeks to get me to this spot. And, you know, judge or join will just chalk it up to experience and processing. And, you know, that's how the Lord teaches. So you're just along for the ride. I don't know that I have any action steps for you to close out this one. 
I think what I would encourage you to do is on a post-it note, on your mirror, on your cell phone, in the car, leave yourself a note that says, I get to be, I get to be God's friend. Whew, child, if Jesus had a cell phone, your girl would be blowing him up all the time. Be like, LOL, Jesus. Like, did you see when so-and-so said that to me today? And, you know, forbid he takes more than a second to write me back. I'd be like, dot, 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 dot. And then I would, like, accentuate the message with those exclamation points <laughs> that you do on iMessage. I would be hounding him. He'd be like, sis, you got to chill. You got to chill. I got a bajillion other friends that I'm trying to message back to. <laughs> that metaphor is going to take off too far. I got to rein it in. We can't keep talking about it. So I would encourage you to go into this week with the mindset that we, we get to be friends with God. And he loves us as we are, yes, but he loves us too much to let us stay there. So don't stop on that first part. I think sometimes people let us stop and they're like, God loves you just the way you are. Blah, blah, blah. What a gift. Yeah, he does. But he loves you too much to let you be a stinker. That came out weird. But like, a, like he, he loves you too much to let you exist in the sin that's hurting you. Your self-inflicted sin that's hurting you. He loves you too much so he's going to refine it. And he's going to give you opportunities to be better. And he's going to give you opportunities to love him better. And oh, I feel like I've had a lot of opportunities this week. And I've, we're at like a 6 out of 10. <laughs> More than half. But not enough. So, yeah, I went way off the rails with my show notes. But I think, oh, hey, George. But I think that truth is really powerful because at the end of the day, it's not about us. So we can spend all this time posturing and thinking about our relationship. And I do think that there's a really appropriate space for that, and it is helpful. But how much more powerful is it that we get to fix our eyes and our mind on who we get to be friends with? And I think that's the real success. All right. Wrap it up. Yeah. I think that's like 25 minutes. Way to go, Harkins. So the next series, I think I might, I'm going to have to see. I'm not sure if I'm going to take a week off, blah, blah, blah. But the next series, I, I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to change it if I need to. Um, excuse me, you can come in. Come on in. Hello. We had to take off her cat bell so she wouldn't make too much noise. Um, I think the next series I'm going to talk about is going to have to do with anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to go there because I got a lot to say. And I got a lot to say and I don't want people to interrupt me. And what a more perfect spot than a podcast. <laughs> I love how prideful I can get sometimes. <laughs> I don't want anyone to interrupt me and I just want to talk. Perfect. You have a microphone. Okay, so I think that'll be anxiety next time. And we'll see if it starts next week, maybe the week after. Maybe I'll have a guest on pretty soon. That sounds fun. <laughs> I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to be out of here. Hey, George, come here for a second so you don't bark during my prayer. Come here, my little angel. Okay, or not. Lord, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for <laughs> uh, this public correction of mine. Lord, that we have the opportunity to say that we are friends with you. Would you fix that into our hearts as the truth? Would you fix that as our perspective on our lives? Would that be our reality? 
Would it be less about what do I have to do so that this happens? Could it be more about I get to step into this relationship and he already calls me child? You know, and he calls us child, but like, Lord, for me right now, like friend is what's really powerful for me because I lost my best friend. And so wherever you're meeting, George, thank you. Wherever you're meeting these people who are listening, Lord, would you, would you show them the part of your heart that is going to mean the most to them right now? And so you are sovereign. You are almighty. You are king of kings and lord of lords. And you are all of those things. And I don't want to diminish that. But right now from my heart, what brings me to my knees is the fact that I can call you my friend. And I pray that anyone who's listening, Lord, if they don't know you, Lord, would they, would they start to consider getting to know you? Would they see you as someone who is easy to get to know um, and to realize and to see that life with you driving the bus <laughs> is a lot sweeter and sometimes a bit more difficult, but I'd say it's been worth it. Uh, Lord, thank you for the technology that people would get to hear this, that I would get to talk and not be interrupted. <laughs> LOL. Lord, I pray that as they go into their week, that they would have eyes to see you as their friend in every circumstance. Lord, would they talk to you in a way that they could talk to their friends? Lord, could they be honest and transparent and communicate more frequently? Could they trust you? Could they start to trust you? Could they trust you again? You're worthy of it, whether we see it or not. Lord, would we not let our circumstances dictate your character? but rather could we focus on your character through our circumstances. Lord, thank you for George and how vocal she is. Wow, I love that. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what Christ did on the cross. Lord, I thank you that your spirit is here with us on earth and that he guides us, convicts us, and encourages us every single day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, thanks, George. Now we can be done. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>